Today, I have good news that will cause great joy. Now, before I go any further, though, I want to stop right there and ask you to analyze how it is you heard my message about good news and great joy. I mean, were you excited when you heard it? Because we certainly need good news during this awful pandemic. So maybe I got your attention when I said that. Or maybe you're the person that didn't even notice that I said it. I mean, after all, it's Easter and I'm the preacher and I'm gonna say a lot of things and you're not taking it too seriously yet. Maybe you're the skeptic that says, let me listen to what it is you have to say first and I'll be the one to determine whether or not this is good news and great joy. I don't know. Or the cynic. The cynic who has the remarkable ability to locate a problem among every single solution. And for that person, there is no such thing as good news and great joy. They always see the problem. But nonetheless, I have a message today of good news that will cause great joy. But I'm not so naive to think that just because I say it is so, doesn't make it to be so. We live in a world that is so suspicious of the news. Rightly so, probably because of bias and politics, but we don't believe news when somebody tells us. We even have a ongoing fact checkers and talking heads that tell us what the news means. I have good news today that will cause great joy. You might think to yourself, come on now, let's get serious. But my announcement comes from heaven itself. See, I'm not the one saying this. An angel of God said it. He proclaimed it. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 reads like this. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And so I have good news today. Now I know what some of you are thinking, especially those of you who are familiar with the Bible. You're thinking that I'm using the wrong passage of Scripture related to Easter because what I'm quoting from Luke 2 is about the birth of Jesus. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas. I'm not at Easter, so I must be choosing the wrong passage. This is not an Easter passage at all. But maybe we have forgotten the angel's message from Luke 2. Listen to it again, because I think it does fit Easter. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Savior, Messiah, Lord. Oh, those are powerful words. Words full of meaning and words that are so true today. Indeed, Jesus is our Savior. He saves us from our sins because of his death. He died on the cross for us, taking our place. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the promised deliverer of God's people. Jesus is our Messiah. 
delivers us from the grave. Jesus is the Lord, seated at the right hand of God, mediating on our behalf. He's there preparing a place for us. Jesus is our Lord. So while Jesus lay as helpless babe in a manger, the angel proclaimed good news that will cause great joy for all people. It wasn't a secret. It was announced at the very beginning. We just couldn't hear it. We adored the baby Jesus and the Virgin Mary. We heard it through the lens of Christmas and not Easter. And so yes, today, I have good news that will cause great joy for all people. News from heaven itself. And so in today's text, we see Mary and an angel. We see fear and joy. We learn of good news and we witness worship. In a sense, we are like those first shepherds witnessing Jesus because God is showing us. God shows us the empty tomb. Did you notice that? I mean, Jesus did not roll away the stone himself. This was not some Herculean moment for Jesus. God did that, either through earthquake or by an angel. God is the one that rolled away the stone so that we could see inside to the empty tomb. Jesus actually passed through the walls. Literally, the walls of the grave could not hold Jesus. But God, God wanted us to see inside. Because God wants us to know. God wants us to succeed. He wants us to, to obey. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to live by a living hope. I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a little coach pitch baseball team that practices on our uh, ball field. They've done a lot to that field, and they've even extended the backstop uh, to include some netting so they can take batting practice without the foul balls going into the road. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with coach pitch or not. Um, it's just like Little League. Uh, you have one team uh, going against another team, but there's one key difference. The pitcher is not a member of the opposing team. The pitcher is your own coach. Your coach is pitching to you. So it's in his vested interest, it's in the team's vested interest that that coach would throw to you a home run ball so that your team could score as many runs as possible. You see, in coach pitch, the pitcher is trying to help you out. That's what God is doing here. God is trying to help us out by showing us the empty tomb. Because in the end, God wants us to know the good news. And he's making it obvious for us. We get to see inside. Now, we're not left to figure this thing out on our own. We're not left to figure out what God is doing. God is guiding us and God is showing us just what a loving parent does. We all know what good parenting involves, don't we? Good parenting involves instructing your children in the right way they should go. I mean, imagine if you would, your child coming to you and saying, uh, Dad, I think that I'm just gonna 
live at home forever. I'm just going to live off of you. I'm going to eat your groceries. I'm going to live rent-free in your home. I'm not going to get a job. I'm not going to go to school. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do all day, and you're going to make my life happen. What would a good parent do in that situation? Would a good parent allow that to happen? No, of course not. A good parent would direct their children in the way they should go. In fact, some parents I've read on the internet are using this shelter-in-place order to teach their kids how to change the oil in their car or to cook a certain recipe or to learn some life skills because good parenting involves directing your child. And God is a perfect parent. God wants us to follow him. God wants us to know that there is hope beyond the grave. Now, maybe you think, well, I'm not sure about that empty tomb. I, I need some more information before I make a decision to follow God. Would you recognize from this passage in Matthew 28 that the enemies knew what Jesus had promised? That's why the enemies went and requested from Pilate a guard of soldiers. They said, hey, he's predicting that he's going to rise from the, from the dead, and that's going to make things worse if somebody comes and steals his body. And so they positioned soldiers there to guard the tomb so that the tomb would not be empty. And yet, God shows us the empty grave. What do we do with that? We have enough information. Even Jesus' enemies knew. A second lesson that I want to teach you today is that the good news is that we can look forward to a wonderful life after this one. An incredible new reality awaits us that's illustrated in the person of Jesus. This is a remarkable life that we look forward to. It's the kind of body or life that can be touched did you see that the women uh, grasped his ankles and worshipped him? They could touch him, and yet Jesus could walk through the walls of the tomb. Now, what kind of body is that? It's the kind of life where you're not threatened by soldiers, but the kind of life that you still love and still have a relationship with your family. Did you notice that Jesus said to the ladies, Go tell my brothers that they will see me in Galilee. Do you know what that means in the Greek? Go tell my brothers. In the Greek it means, go tell my brothers. He still knew. His memory bank wasn't wiped clean. He's not floating on some cloud, oblivious. Even in resurrection, Jesus knew who his family was, and he loved them, and he looked forward to meeting with them. Maybe this morning as you're watching this sermon, you're sitting with somebody else or other people, and you're not alone. If you're sitting with somebody else, I just want you to pause right now, and I want you to look at them. I mean it. It's kind of awkward. Just make eye contact with them. Okay, there they are. You saw them. Now I want you to ask yourself this question. How long do you want your relationship with that person to last. I mean, don't you want your relationship to last with them forever? I mean, not like this, not in your pajamas in a shelter in place order, but a real relationship that lasts forever. 
That's the reason that this message is good news of great joy. Because our very lives are not constrained by this earthly time. We live forever. And notice this. Our relationships are not constrained by this earth either. Our relationships are eternal. Oh, that's wonderful news, isn't it? Great joy. The third lesson that I want to give to you from this passage is that this is good news for all people. All people. You know, we're living in such a divided world, aren't we? Divided by nation right now, divided by race, divided by class, divided by gender. Even now we're divided between the, the healthy and the sick. But this is a promise for everyone, for all people. Good news of great joy for all people. Do you know, one of the first things that churches do when they face a crisis is they contract. They stop giving money away. They stop supporting missions and missionaries. But when the early church faced troubles, it actually sent out two of its most promising leaders to the mission field, Paul and Barnabas. When the church faced problems in the Bible, they actually reached out with the message. Because the church exists to convey the message of good news and great joy to all people. So we, Fable Christian Church, we have that same message. And there's nothing going to stop us from reaching out to others. No, we're going to continue to reach the world through missions. We're going to continue to support Carlos. We're going to continue to support organizations like Casas, just to name a few. Because we recognize that during times of crisis is when the church grows. We have a message of good news, of great joy for all people. And we can't help but share it. Now, this is a strange Easter for me. I never imagined preaching a sermon to a camera and through that camera reaching into people's homes. And I'm skeptical, really, as to how effective that can be. Pre-recorded, albeit. But I recognize this. God's Word is living and active. And so God's Word is not going to re return without a harvest. God's Word is being planted in us as we hear the words from the angel and the words from the angel in Matthew 28. So maybe God is prompting you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to, to accept this good news of great joy. If you're contemplating making a decision, we don't want any time to transpire. We want to partner with you today or whenever God comes to you and motivates you. Please reach out to us. We, we are at... Your schedule will be our schedule. We'll meet you at the church. Our baptistry is ready. We want you to be able to respond to God's call. Maybe you want to go public with your faith. Boy, when we get together again and worship, what a day that will be. 
I hope we have a carrion dinner on that day. It's going to be a great Sunday. And that's the day that you can come forward and you can publicly proclaim your allegiance to God. Maybe you have that decision. We want to partner with you. Please reach out to us at the church. We don't want a day uh, to transpire without you going public with your faith. I don't know what decision God has put on your heart, but I hope it's a decision based on a recognition that we have good news of great joy for all people. Let's pray.